Money doesn't have to be complicated. You can achieve financial independence. This podcast gets to the truth behind the money mess you hear from your grandma, your broke uncle, the latest social media influencers, and the so-called money experts. Welcome to Money Myths with your host, Wyatt Yates. This week's myth is pay your highest interest rate debts first when you're trying to get out of debt. Now, to start this one off, I just wanted to first go through some of the stats behind consumer debt in the U.S. and give you like a broad picture of what it looks like. So these a lot of these stats are coming from Experian. Actually, I think all of them are um, from Experian, which is a credit reporting agency. There's three agencies that give you your, your credit report, your credit score. So they have all the data behind consumer debt in the United States. So the total consumer debt in the United States is right now at an all-time high at nearly $15 trillion. To give you a little breakout of the makeup of what this debt consists of, I'm just going to go through the major categories here. So home mortgages makes up the bulk of this at $10.3 trillion, but that still leaves us with nearly $5 trillion of other consumer debt. Student loans is now at an all-time high at $1.6 trillion with the average balance for consumer loans that a person holds at just under $39,000 at $38,800 is the average balance for student loans. Auto loans is next at $1.4 trillion with an average balance of just under $20,000 at $19,700. Credit cards make up $836 billion with a person having an average balance of $5,300. Then home equity loans and lines of credit make up $494 billion with the average balance being $42,000. And personal loans is the last major category at $324 billion with the average balance at $16,500. We're at all-time high in consumer debt. So this is a big issue for a lot of people and knowing how to best tackle it is kind of what we're going to go through here. And what this myth looks at is pay your highest interest rates debts first. And does that work? Is it the best method there is? Because this is a big problem for a lot of people. One of the things a lot of my clients will say or use as an excuse is the fact that housing costs are going up and the cost of living is going up. Uh, and that is why they have to go into debt to be able to maintain their lifestyle because of all the increased costs, whether it be on healthcare or housing or any other category. They have the excuse of that my costs are going up and that is why maybe we have to go into debt. Or you'll even hear a lot of financial experts or economists or pe- different people talk about that it's harder to get by with, you know, the way wages are or where wages are with the increased cost of living. But this simply is not the case. So let's look at experience stats, excluding mortgages, looking at consumer debt, excluding mortgages and the change that people had in consumer debt from 2019 to 2020 and look at specifically states because we can associate states with different states with higher cost of living. So Looking at the stat, 
the five states with the largest percentage increases in consumer debt from 2019 to 2020 were first, North Carolina, second, Idaho, third, Nevada, fourth, Kentucky, and fifth, Oklahoma. So North Carolina came in with an average increase of almost 6%, whereas Oklahoma was at 3.5% increase in consumer debt from 2019 to 2020. Oklahoma, Kentucky, even Idaho, not states you associate with really high cost of living. Now, the five states that had the lowest cost of living changes actually had decreases. Uh, These five states were first Connecticut with a 3% decrease in consumer debt, then Hawaii with a 2.9%, then New York with 2.5%, then New Jersey at 2.2% decrease, and then fifth came in Maryland at a 2% decrease. And California was actually number seven as far as a decrease in consumer debt from 2019 to 2020 of 1.6%. And Illinois, Washington, D.C., and Alaska all had decreases in average consumer debt. So a lot of these states associated with higher costs of living actually had decreases in the years 2019 to 2020. This isn't a cost of living problem. It's a behavior and education problem. The 27 largest banks and credit card companies spent over $13 billion in advertising in 2018, which was a 7% increase year over year from 2017. And the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB report from 2013, found that $17 billion was spent on marketing financial products, while only $670 million was spent on actual financial education. We are constantly bombarded with credit card companies or banks offering credit cards or auto loans or you know home equity lines of credit. The amount of money these institutions are spending advertising this and marketing these products to us is crazy, but they continue to do it because they're getting a return on their investment. We are falling for it. What, when they keep pushing more money to advertising and just constantly bombard us, with, whether it be online, on the radio, anywhere you look, there's advertisements for this for you to take on more debt. And it is working. They continue to reach all-time highs year after year almost in consumer debt. And the financial institutions are making big profits off of it. The average person in the U.S. is literally drowning in debt, and it's robbing them of their future income. It is restricting what they can and can't do. Have a job you hate? Can't leave because you need the income to be able to pay your creditors. Want to start your own company? You can't do it because you need a steady income to be able to pay your creditors. Debt robs you of your future income. It takes it away and is assigning a place for it that it has to go. So... When you have debt, you are limiting your future income and what you can do with it. So let's look at this myth and why it's true. Now, the myth is pay your highest interest rate debts first. Mathematically, this makes sense and is the correct thing to do. It will minimize the amount of interest you will pay. And as a result, you will pay less to pay off all your debts. But why is it false? First of all, you suck at math. 
If you were good at doing math and what makes the most mathematical sense, you wouldn't be into debt in the first place because the math would tell you if I have to go into debt to buy it, I don't have enough money to afford it. Math would tell you paying interest to someone else is worse than earning interest for yourself. So you suck at math when you're in debt. It's okay. We've all been there. I've done it myself. But that is one reason why the method that makes the most mathematical sense to get out of debt doesn't work for most people because the simple fact that you're in debt means you're not doing the math correctly anyway or you can't follow what makes sense mathematically. Another reason why, number two, is it doesn't take into account human behavior and emotion, which is what the majority of personal finance is. We know what we're supposed to do, but we don't do it. And this method doesn't take that into account. And the third reason why this method doesn't work for most people kind of piggybacks off of the whole human behavior and emotion side. This method takes discipline and commitment to pull off, and the majority of people are not disciplined and committed, especially when they don't see instant results. Example, two-thirds of the U.S. population is either overweight or obese. Across the world, there are now more overweight and obese people than people facing starvation. It's a major accomplishment in terms of world hunger, but every one of these people that are overweight and obese knows that all they have to do is eat healthier and just do minimal exercise and they will lose weight and be healthier. Yet they don't do it because it takes discipline and commitment to do and you don't get instant results. That's why the weight loss industry in the United States is a $78 billion industry. People want the easy way. They want instant results. They're not disciplined or committed. And that is why this method doesn't work because you're not seeing instant results with it. So I'm just going to summarize what we went through and then look at a method that actually works. So we know the average American is drowning in debt and most of the metrics are only getting worse. They are struggling to figure out how to pay off their debts. They're struggling to even make minimum payments. And this money myth of paying your highest interest rates first only works in theory for the most part and for the most disciplined people, which if you were disciplined, you wouldn't be into debt in the first place. You would understand if I have to go into debt, that means I can't afford it and it's going to rob me of my future income. So is there a method that actually takes into account human behavior and this whole need for instant gratification that the majority of people have? And luckily there is. And it's the same method my wife and I used when we paid off over $300,000 in debt in a couple years. It is called the debt snowball method. The debt snowball method has helped more people get out of debt than any other method. So far, 6 million people and counting. It is simple in concept and it gives you the instant gratification you need to stay the course and paying off all your debts. It does no good to start paying them off and fall off the wagon. And this helps you stay on track. This method does. So here's how it works. First, you list all of your debts from your smallest balance to your largest balance. Now, it's not by category. It is simply your actual debts. So you may have student loan debt, but you may have five student loans you're paying on, or you may have credit card debt, but you may have 
four credit cards that you're paying on. You're going to list each one of those individual student loans or credit cards. Basically, any payments you're having to make towards your debts is one debt, and you're going to list those debts from smallest balance to largest balance. Now, the one thing you will exclude from this list will be your mortgage payment. If you have a home equity line or maybe a second mortgage, depending on the balance, you may include it in this list for your debt snowball, but typically your mortgage will be excluded from the list. this list. It's going to be basically student loan debt, any medical debt, personal loans, credit cards, any auto loans, anything like that. Then each month, you're going to pay the minimum required payments on all your debts, except your debt that has the smallest balance. And you're going to throw all your extra money that month into paying this extra on the smallest balance first. And you keep on doing that until that smallest balance is paid in full. And then you cross that debt off. It's gone. It's gone forever. And you do the same concept with your next smallest balance. So you're going to make the minimum payments on all your debts. And then now your smallest balance that you have, which would have been your second smallest balance initially, gets all your extra money. And you keep doing this month after month until all of your debts are paid off. And you're going to keep on making only minimum payments on your debts, all your debts except the smallest one. And that's the one you put all your extra money to. Now, just a quick tip, like if you're just starting out budgeting, what I have a lot of my clients do because those first couple months with budgeting can be a little hard as far as getting it really nailed down. So I tell them, pay all your debts, the minimum payments on all your debts. And then when you get to the end of the month, make a second payment on that smallest debt. And that helps you get through the first couple months until you really nail down your budget and making sure that you're going to have money left over to pay those extra payments. So the concept of the debt snowball is minimum payments on all your debts. Doesn't matter what interest rate it is. We're looking at a method that really looks at human behavior and emotion and getting instant results. So you're listing all your debts from smallest to largest, paying minimum payments on all your debts, except the one debt that is currently your smallest balance and you throw all your extra money at it and you work your way through. And what this method does, it gives you that gratification of paying off a debt in full, where when you're doing the interest, highest interest rate first method, you may not get that instant gratification of paying off a debt right out of the gate because your highest interest rate debt may be your largest balance. But a lot of my clients, ourselves included, when we went through our thing, you typically have some smaller debts that you may even be able to pay off in full that first month or the first couple months. And that gives you the momentum you need to increase your motivation to follow through because you're seeing that instant result and it just reinforces the behavior of tackling your debt and getting out of it. So for the action steps this week, the first action step is if you have any debt, I want you to use the debt snowball method to get out of debt. So the first step you're going to have to do is list all your debts from smallest balance to largest balance. And in that list, include what the minimum payment is for each debt. And you're going to incorporate that into your monthly budget. And you're just going to do minimum payments on everything except your smallest balance debt. And then you're going to throw all the extra money you have from your budget into paying extra on that smallest debt. 
So first action step is if you have debt, use the debt snowball method to get out of it and first make your list. The second action step is to look at your monthly budget and see where you can make sacrifices on expenses to have more money to allocate towards your debt snowball. Now, I always tell my clients, you can't reach a goal without making a sacrifice. And to get out of debt, there's two sacrifices you can make. Now, you can just make one of them or you can make both of them. Uh, The more sacrifices you make, the faster it will work and the faster you will reach your goal. But the two things you can sacrifice when getting out of debt or with any financial goal really is first time, second things. So time is used to increase your income. So that may mean you have to work more to be able to figure out how to get more money coming in to increase your top line income. Now with things, that is your expense side. So sacrificing that vacation or things or selling things that you can get more money from, things that are laying around the house that you don't use anymore. So those are the two sacrifices you have to make to reach any financial goal, either time or things. Now for this second action step on where you can make sacrifices to allocate more towards your debt snowball, just start small. Maybe make a 1% cut somewhere and then increase it each each month. Or, a, you know, I wouldn't go over a couple percent or 5% cut in any one area because this is a habit change. So you're going to make small improvements each month to make those cuts. So right out of the gate, just go through your major categories in your budget and just try to cut each category or each line item in your budget by 1% or 2% and then just increase it each month. And then you're going to take that extra money you're getting from your savings on cutting expense items in your budget and you're going to allocate that all to throw out your debt. And as you make progress through the debt snowball and start seeing that reinforcement of instant gratification with paying off those smaller debts, it's going to build momentum and you're going to get more motivated to make bigger cuts in either time or things to speed up the process and get out of it. So that is the method I recommend. It's the method I used. Uh, Follow those couple action steps and start your journey to getting out of debt. It won't be easy, but anything worth accomplishing is never easy and it will be totally worth all the hard work that it takes once you finally pay off that last debt. Trust me, you'll have a sense of relief. You're no longer carrying that burden of having to pay off, pay all your money towards all these other people. You'll be able to keep more of your money. You'll be able to invest. You'll be able to reach financial independence and your future income is no longer being stolen from you and taken by creditors. Want to achieve financial independence? Go to ruggedfinancial.com where you can download my free PDF of the 12 things to do to win with money. And you can also sign up for my weekly money tips emails where I cover the same tips and tricks and advice I walk all my clients through so you can begin your journey to financial independence. Thank you for watching and listening to this episode of the Money Myths Podcast. Please do me a favor. And if you found this episode interesting, subscribe to the podcast so you can make sure you get all the future episodes. Also, leave a rating and review so you can help us grow this podcast so we can lead more people to financial independence. And lastly, please take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your social media channels, 
and tag us using at Rugged Financial. We will see you later.